3: This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to it. It's time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. Per usual, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago in Displays, Illinois. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke5. On tonight's show, we'll be talking with our guy, Josh Applebaum, Decent's betting reporter. And, well, we got a big game in the NBA, so big adjustments throughout the market that we have to touch on with Josh. So he'll tell us where the sharp money is going for whether it's the side or the total. And not only for the NBA, but in baseball tonight and game two, maybe a very brief early kind of preview on Saturday for the stanley cup Finals. so 15 minutes from now we'll be talking with our buddy josh half hour from now all things nba Beason senior nba analyst jonathan von tobel hops on we know he was invested in boston before this series the celtics now trailing three to two how does he feel about his position heading into this spot and what does he really think just from an individual game standpoint does he have any other type of bets that he's looking to make for tonight so very excited to talk with JVT in 30 minutes. Then at the end of the show, I know we're going to be touching on some baseball with Josh. I want to talk about one game in particular with baseball that, man, I'm just I haven't gotten there fully to bet it. But I want to kind of talk through it and offer you maybe a couple different perspectives that could lead to a good wager. So we'll do that. We'll recap what we touch on here. And what we touch on here is going to be my thought process heading in to game six of the NBA finals between the Warriors and the Celtics. Let's get you set up with where these odds open, where they currently reside, and maybe a couple of props along the way as well at bet rivers, Boston opened up as low as a 3 point favorite. I know some other books had it about 3 in the hook and you saw some immediate movement take Boston up to minus 4. At bet rivers, you currently do see Boston as a 4 point favorite. As for the money line, Boston opened minus a buck 43, now they're up to minus 175. Golden State plus 120 at the opener, now they're catching plus 143. Total opened at 210 and a Dipped down to 210. Heck, I even saw it at 209 and a half in a lot of places earlier today. Late resurgence going to the over. Now it's at 211 at Bet rivers. A little bit of juice on the under, minus 112. Aside from just this individual game standpoint, I wanted to throw out the updated series prices. Now we talked about these with Nick Whalen on Tuesday night. And when we were talking about it, the odds were a little bit different than they are now. So currently, the updated series price has Golden State minus 375 to win it. All right. And then you have Boston as of this moment at three to one. That's not what it was a couple nights ago. A couple nights ago, Golden State was actually as high as minus 420 at bet Rivers and the Celtics plus 315. So Boston getting a little bit of uh, value play potentially in that series price market. Now, if you look at the series correct score, when is it going to end? What game exactly? Currently, Golden State to win in six is plus 135. But of course, why would you take that? Why wouldn't you just go plus 143 on the money line for a better price? Always be scouting that out. Uh, Golden State to win in seven is plus 150. But on Tuesday, they were plus 155. Boston to win in seven currently is plus 290. The other night, it was plus 310. So just wanted to throw that out there. As for a side in this game or a series bet, I kind of think Golden State ends up winning in seven. I am objectively leaning to the side of Boston pulling through tonight. And I say objectively because we're invested with a series bet on Golden State and Steph Curry finals MVP before the series at plus 125. So yeah, from that standpoint, I'm rooting for Golden State. But if I'm taking that bias out of it, this seems like a spot that does set up fairly well for Boston their survival instincts at an all-time high desperation levels, whatever you want to call it. That gives a slight advantage. You would think along with the home court to Boston, I'm not saying golden state can't win. And I'm not saying I'm not rooting for them. I'm just saying if I wasn't already invested, I think Boston would be the correct side here, but I'm not going to touch that. Cause again, I don't want to root against golden state, but we did talk about a correlation in this series. We kind of posed that question post game one. And up to this point, it's actually come to fruition. So if you recall after game one, I talked to JBT and Nick Whalen kind of about this. And I'm like, do you think there's going to be a possible correlation to whichever team wins and how that affects the total? And basically it was being that if Boston wins, it will be a higher scoring game because in order for Boston to win, you got to outscore a great offense in golden state. So that would probably lead to more points, right? Well, the two games that Boston won, it was 120 to 108 and then 116 to 100. All right. The higher scoring games in this series thus far. And then as for Golden State, I figured, well, if Golden State's winning, it's not going to take that much to overcome this Boston offense that is probably struggling, which won't help the over right? And Golden State can do enough. But if Boston's not keeping up, then that's not going to give you a lot of points to get the total over. And even if Boston loses, you know, their defense is going to show up every game because, well, you're typically not having an off night defensively. It's just more so if the other team's hitting every shot and you making or missing yours. So long story short, then when Golden State has won, the totals have stayed under uh, 107 to 88, 107 to 97, and then 104 to 94. So again, that correlation, uh, that correlation excuse me, actually has come through up to this point. We were even talking with Scott Spreitzer about it last night here on Rush Hour. He had the same thinking, and he did take over 210 for this game. So that's what I ended up doing. I bet this total over 210. Now, shop around. You may be able to get that 210 out here in Illinois or wherever you're betting. But at Bat Rivers, it has ticked up as of late to 211 you're not able to get the best number my advice as always you know wait in game see if you get a better number if you have a little bit of patience but I do give the advantage to Boston in this game and so when Boston is winning the total has gone over and I don't want to actively bet against Golden State so it's kind of just like an adjacent way in a sense to bet against Golden State but bet the total to go over with the assumption and thinking that Boston wins but hey best case scenario of course we get a high scoring game and Golden State wins that would be beautiful and that would be amazing. But I'm just going to settle for my lone bet in this game over 210. All right, let's hope the shooters come out. You got to think Steph Curry doesn't have nowhere near as poor of a performance as he did last game. We know the old adage about Klay Thompson in game 6, and you got to think Tatum and company have to come alive and some of their role players are going to step up, and they have been doing that more so at home. So all of that, I'm hoping, leads to a recipe that gives you a higher scoring game. And I took the total over 210 for the Warriors and the Celtics game six tonight. Now, another angle really quick before we get into these props, something that I saw Aaron Renning going about on another show here at Beeson and I was actually kind of thinking about it too, but basically this was the first half in the game. Boston's been getting off to some good starts, and you know they need to bring it immediately in this elimination game. The number's kind of gotten out of hand, the money line that is, and even the spread's as high as like three, so I didn't ultimately end up playing it, but I think if you have enough conviction on it, maybe looking at Boston first half, not too shabby, but yeah, again, overall, officially, the play is going to be over 210. Some of the props that did stand out to me as well, and this one's kind of a unique one, but let's talk about Robert Williams and Draymond Green. Now, at Brett Rivers, you can do a head-to-head prop, so who's going to score more between the two big men? Minus 114 is the juice on both sides. If you look at Robert Williams, he has outscored Draymond Green in every game except for game two. Williams only played 14 minutes and scored just two points, and that was the game where Boston got blown out. Now, Robert Williams is averaging seven points per game this series. At home, he's averaging seven and a half. He's only taken about four shots per game at home this series. And look, at home, he has done better the entirety of the postseason, racking up over nine points. But can you count on him to score more than Draymond? You think the easy answer would be yes, because while Draymond's only averaging five points per game this series, he has scored four, nine, two, two, and eight, respectively. And, On the road, both of those games, he only dropped two points. All right, went one of seven and then one of four from the floor at Boston. And the entirety of this postseason, Draymond's only averaging 6.7 points per game on the road. Now, he is taking more shot attempts on average than Williams, but Robert Williams has been a lot more efficient of a score. It's quality over quantity for Robert Williams. So I was looking at this, I was like, "Ooh, that looks good. And then I kind of thought about it. I was like, do I really want to be sweating out this bet with these two guys who you can't really rely on to score? So the answer was, no, I don't want to sweat it out. But I thought this one was very fascinating to look at because you would think Robert Williams would have a tad bit more juice his way. So again, just wanted to discuss it in case anybody else had more confidence in it. But that could be a potentially solid angle with Robert Williams to score more than Draymond Green, minus 114 each way. Another prop that I had the same kind of sentiment about, except this one, you maybe have a little bit more justification for sweating it out because this guy takes more shots. And that's going to be Marcus Smart. 15 and a half is his points prop tonight. I was debating between that one and his three-point field goals. Ultimately thought this one was a little bit stronger at the look at over 15 and a half points for Smart. He's averaging 16 and a half this series. He's gone over it in four out of five games this series. Thus far, the only game he stayed under was game two where they got blown out again, remember? And he only scored two points and he played just 25 minutes in that game. At home this uh, this series, he's gone over it twice scoring 24 and 18 respectively. At home this postseason, he's averaging about 15.6 points per game. He's gone over it in 11 out of 20 overall postseason games. And what's kind of interesting, too, is the elimination setting. Versus Miami in an elimination game, being game 7, he dropped 24. 11 versus Milwaukee, that was game 7 where they crushed him. They didn't need him as much. But 21 in game 6 versus Milwaukee on the road, 20 at Brooklyn in that game 4. So he's been a lot more of efficient scorer in these type of settings and in the postseason overall. I don't love the idea of trusting Marcus Smart, but you know when it kind of the uh, going gets tough, he's taking control and wanting to take shots left and right. And sometimes he can be fairly efficient. But the trend points to him having a good chance to get over fifteen and a half, the juice that traction overall, like I was saying, my official play for the NBA finals game six tonight, folks, is going to be the total. Over two ten. So best of luck if you tail with that. We'll get more insight on this game coming at Josh Applebaum.
0: At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Rush Hour on VCN, the sports betting network.
4: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available, and you'll be set up with multiple episodes a week and great local sports betting content. Okay, welcome back to Rush Hour. Thank you for being with us on your Thursday evening. We've got a big game six in the NBA Finals to look forward to. So, you know, we got to check in with our man, diehard Boston Celtics fan, Josh Applebaum, but don't worry. He keeps it unbiased. Beeson's betting reporter, always looking at those markets. And you can get more of his thoughts on it on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. So, Josh, I know uh, desperation levels are at an all-time high out on the East Coast. But the odds are showing that Boston is on the favorable side, laying four minus 175 on the money line. Total has ticked up as of late to 211. Uh, you know, I, am kind of interested from a fan perspective. How are you feeling? And then, uh, as a visa employee and an objective sports better, how are you feeling?
2: So Danny, it's great to be with you. And it's funny how things can change in just one week. I did rush hour with you a week ago tonight, Danny, the Celtics were up two to one. You know, the Warriors were complaining about, you know, the mean Boston fans chanting at us and being mean to us and boy, have things changed since then the Celtics lose two straight Golden State is now a win away from their fourth championship in eight years. Talk about an incredible dynasty that they're watching, you know, unfold right before their eyes. But Danny, I wouldn't dismiss the Celtics just yet. Maybe they lose in Game Seven in Golden State, but I like them tonight, and I'll tell you a couple reasons why. Yes, I'm a Red Sox, you know, Bruins, Patriots, Celtics fan, but I would never talk about a play just because it's my team. There are reasons to like Boston tonight. They open at minus three and a half. A lot of these books have moved up to four. Now some books at four got hit, came back down to three and a half, but it's mostly three and a halfs juiced up toward Boston or minus fours out there. so movement toward the Celtics. Now the other thing here, Danny, is some pretty good bet splits here. It's not like you know, 70% of bets are on Boston tonight. You're pretty much right down the middle at DraftKings and BetMGM. You're on 48, 52% of bets, yet you're taking in almost 60% of money. So you do have this low bets, higher dollar bet split in favor of Boston here. And then, Danny, one thing in the favor of the Celtics is how chalky this NBA playoffs has been overall. So in this favorite position, all these systems are matching Boston. If you look at favorites overall, 53 and 39 against the spread, 58% this year. If you have a line move, so any of those three and a halfs up to four, those favorites with a move are 63% ATS. And here's where I'm gonna go, Danny. Money line. I like to take these money line plays on these chalky favorites when you're when you're kind of below, a, you know, a four point spread or less. Never want to go above a minus 200, but minus 160 right now. These favorites straight up, 63 and 29 this postseason, 68%. Also, Celtics off a loss. They're no longer perfect. You know, they lost that last time off a loss, but they're still seven and one straight up in ATS this postseason off a loss. The three times they've been forced with elimination, they've come out and won. In Boston overall, 64% ATS off a loss. Golden State, meanwhile, only 43% ATS on the road, 3-6 and six ATS on the road this postseason. And Danny, a couple times that the Warriors have had this spot of eliminating a team early, they've kind of taken their foot off the gas. Remember that game against the, I think it was, um, who was it, John Morant and the Grizzlies? They lost by like 50 points. They could have, you know, you know, put them to bed there. They didn't. I'm thinking maybe the Celtics get their revenge a little bit tonight but I'd be wary of losing in game seven for Boston. I'll take the money line Celtics tonight.
4: Yeah, and the same thing happened in that Nuggets series. They had a chance to sweep and then fell victim in game four. And, you know, the Celtics, you were thinking they're a little bit better team than Denver. Not that that necessarily is a direct correlation, but I am with you, Josh. I unfortunately am invested in the other team for the entirety of the series, not this game. But I do think uh, your Celtics have the advantage tonight. And then I think it flips back to Golden State, kind of as you're alluding to. But regardless, let's just kind of hope for a close. Well, maybe not for you. You probably want a <laughs> sweat-free bet. But for everybody else kind of enjoyed it, uh, maybe we'll get a close one finally. Is there anything in terms of player props that stood out to you tonight? I know basketball, maybe you, you don't dive in as much with these. But we've gotten deeper into the series, so you get a little bit more of a sample size anything that maybe caught your attention in that department
2: yeah Danny I'm like the Dosaki guy I'm, I don't I'm not always the coolest man on earth but <laughs> when I do I drink a Dosaki. so I'm not a big props guy but I dabble here a little bit you know with the excitement of the postseason so a couple caught my eye and by the way also I think you had mentioned this Danny late money to the over tonight it got as low as yeah. 209 and a half it's back up to like 211, 211.5. and a half so late money is going over despite unders being so well this postseason a couple that caught my eye Danny kind of in a negative way but it can help you still cash a bet looking at Jalen Brown over 2.5 turnovers. It's minus 120 at Ben MGM. He's averaged three this series. He had five his last game. I know everyone's looking at the Tatum turnovers because he's about to set a record here for most turnovers. <laughs> but he's 3.5 of full turnover higher, and the under is actually minus 115. So I'm going to bypass Tatum. I will take Brown to get three t- turnovers or more, hopefully only three, Danny. But also Time Lord, Robert Williams. There's a report from Sham Sharania. His knee is pretty much 100%. He's feeling good, looking good. Over 16.5 points and rebounds. No assists, just points and rebounds. He's averaged, uh oh, he's hit oh, um, 18, 19, 18. He's really, you know, gone over this number quite a bit. I think you're going to lean on him a bit tonight with an extended minute. So over for Time Lord, 16.5 points and rebounds. And then Wiggins. Wiggins, to me, Danny, if you're getting out you know, Wiggins over Tatum, you're in trouble no matter what. But Wiggins has played very well recently. Points and rebounds for Wiggins is 26.5 tonight. Last couple of games, he's had combined 39-33, and he's the, one of the leading minutes guys on Golden State. He gets a ton of minutes on the floor. He's averaged almost 42 minutes this series, 43-43-40 his last three games. Give me the Wiggins over 26.5 points and rebounds.
4: Yeah, I like how you mentioned Robert Williams to begin that kind of because we were talking about him and a head-to-head who's going to score more, him or Draymond, and I was really tempted to go toward the side of Robert Williams because I feel like he's got to have a really impactful game. Ultimately, I stayed away, but I like your thought process thinking that Robert Williams, again, could be contributing a decent amount tonight. So uh, we're hoping for a good one, and Josh, <laughs> up for your sake, we're hoping you cash your tickets, of course, buddy. Uh, I do want to flip over to baseball tonight. Thursdays, we usually don't get the best slates in the evening, But there are a couple that are standing out, and I'm glad you have some interest in this one. I'm going to talk about it at the end of the show. But, man, I've just been, like, debating whether I should get invested in this game, and it's with Philly and Washington. Now you're getting Corbin versus Wheeler, and Wheeler's numbers have been great this year. We all know this, or if you follow baseball, you know this, and Corbin has kind of been the opposite But Wheeler has struggled against the Nationals in his career, and Corbin's done fairly well against uh, Philadelphia up to this point. Again, every game's a little bit different. But, man, the market's kind of been all over the place. Personally, I was looking at the over nine or a Phillies first five. Again, I didn't do it, but please tell me what you're thinking here, buddy.
2: (laughs) So oh, your over nine would have looked good, Danny. You're up to nine and a half right now. It's a hot night in Philly. The wind is blowing out a little bit, so we have seen overs in the month of June really roar back. We had unders do very well to start the season. I think June overs are, they got up to like I don't think it's like 58. They're on around 54, percent but still overs are starting to heat up a little bit as this you know the summer gets you know a little deeper here. But I'm gonna take Philadelphia, Danny. Now you're totally right. This thing has bounced around a ton. You know, one point it got as high as minus 200. And also another point also got as low as I think it was like minus 185 at one point. Yeah. Your backup, back up, you know, creeping up to around minus 200, Danny. But I'm going to lay the, the chalk here. Number one, uh, obviously the pitching matchup. Wheeler, as you mentioned, 2.84 ERA. Corbin uh, has been terrible. Three and eight, almost an ERA of seven here. Also, you look at lefty ready splits. You know, Philly against left handed pitchers, 12 and eight against righties for Washington, only 13 and 29. Really bad team ERA. You know, the pitching staff of Washington has really let them down. They're not a bad hitting club, but they have a team ERA of 5.5, only around 3.9 here for Philadelphia. So add that all up, Washington also only 18-38 and as a dog. Juan Soto's been banged up, your best player. And Philly, they had that hot streak. It ended after firing Girardi, uh, but starting to play some pretty good baseball, putting a little heat here uh, on the Atlanta Braves, who've also been surging, and the Mets leading that division. So I'm going to lay this money line, Danny, and really one of the best systems this year, Road favorites. Road favorites in Major League Baseball 215 and 125, 63%, wow. a return on investment almost 7%. Give me Philly here. Just try to find anything under uh, or below minus 200.
4: All right, Josh, I know we'd add another game to look into, but we're kind of getting up against it here. And usually when we talk to you, you always leave one important piece of advice or strategy. And I know that you're looking to discuss this a little bit more so. And in terms of betting baseball, when it comes to the pitchers, action versus listed. And I think this is very important, something that I should stress more on the show myself. But uh, why don't you get into that a little bit more? So for everybody out there, who's maybe more on the novice side of betting baseball and needs to kind of understand the difference.
2: Yeah, maybe we can go two for one, Danny. You know, when the shot clock's down low, you can try to get a two for one. The, two, <laughs> the second play for me was the Texas Rangers. Big steam move for them on the road, so I laid it with the Rangers around minus 150. But this is important. Bet to risk, not bet to win. I think if you're grinding baseball on a daily basis, you have to be conscious of the difference here because what it means basically is when you pop open your app or you walk up to the book, you know, sometimes they're going to default to action. So what that means is no matter what happens with the pitchers, they could be scratched. They could, There could be a change, an injury, a trade you're pretty much locked into the number that you bet the game at. But if you bet listed pitcher, which is oftentimes it's a drop down on your app or your computer, uh, you know, sometimes you got to tell them at the window uh, about this as well. But listed pitcher means you're only locked into the bet if the pitcher who's scheduled to start ends up starting. So perfect example today, Danny, it may not matter because the Yankees are so good no matter what, but the Yankees, they're starting Severino. He got scratched with COVID protocol. The Yankees at one point were up to minus 250. They're back down to minus 170. Don't get locked into a bet when the this, when this, uh, scratch pitcher goes against you.
4: Yeah, because the main reason why you're probably betting that game is based on the starters, so you either want to rely on them being in because you're trusting them or fading them. So good advice as always, Josh. Awesome stuff with all the sports we covered tonight. Thank you for making time, and best of luck to you, my friend.
2: Yeah, and say good luck to Steph. Don't sweat too much tonight, Steph. Let's go <laughs> Celtics.
4: There you go. Josh Applebaum, folks. Coming next, more NBA with JBT.
0: This is Rush Hour on
3: V-CIN, v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. And you can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way Beeson is here to help make you a smarter, better year round. So go ahead and check out today's betting splits for every single game at vsin.com. Okay, welcome back to it. Once again, the show is Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook, and we're going to take it out to Sin City, where VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel hops on to give us his thoughts as we head into game six of the NBA Finals. You can follow JBT on Twitter at me, JBT, co-host of The Edge, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, and he's got his write-ups for every basketball game at vsin.com. He's done excellent work all year round. And JVT, I know that you were uh, you were high on the Celtics coming into this series. And look, I mean, a lot of people after last game are kind of counting them out, it seems like. But realistically, you know, and and I'm on the side of Golden State, but Boston has the advantage in this game, I feel like. And that's as of late where it seems like the market is trending toward. Uh, I know with your investment of Boston before the series, how does that factor into how you're betting this game?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm not going to get involved pre fought personally, Danny. I, I still have faith, like you said, this is a really good situation for the Celtics. Yeah, you know, losing two straight is never really good, but you're coming back home uh, against the Golden State Warriors team that has not been their best selves on the road in this postseason. Uh, after consecutive losses for a team that has responded very well throughout the entire year, after just a straight-up loss, uh, it seems that this is a pretty good spot for the Celtics to kind of bounce back and at least get to a game seven. So even somebody like me who's got a future ticket for the regular season, really pro- the probability is very high that at the very most they're going to force a game seven and maybe even sometime in game seven if they get a lead and then I can bet the Warriors, let's say, on a point spread that's a little inflated and shoot for somewhat of a middle there, I'll have an opportunity. So, yeah, given my position, I'm not going to do anything, but it seems like a very good spot for the Celtics as you alluded to.
4: Yeah. And if someone else is kind of looking for the same angle as you, maybe for an in-game betting opportunity, aside from just kind of the outright score to where you could look in some other areas, like for example, the last two games, Boston, why they struggled? Well, a lot of it had to do with turnovers or something with maybe in the sense of not knocking down their threes. Is there any signal you're going to be looking for? Say it's a back and forth battle where you're like, all right, if Boston is doing this or failing to do that, then you'll look to either bet on them or you're like, ah, maybe I don't trust. As much.
3: Yeah, you know, I think last game is a really good example of it, right? So you, you, you alluded to three-point shooting. My eye in game five um, told me that the Celtics were generating a lot of open looks from three. They just weren't knocking them down. Remember, they went open 12 on their first 12 three-point attempts. So I bet them in the second half minus two, uh, minus 115 over a circa. Now, that ended up being a push because of what happened in the fourth quarter uh, but, like, those are the indicators that I'm looking for. If, if a team, and it's not even just Boston, but if a team is generating good looks from their offense, but those shots aren't going down, you would expect some regression to the mean, especially if they continue to generate those good looks. So I think those are really the indicators you're looking for. Turnovers. You know, not so much. It would depend on the nature of the turnover. But a team like Boston is dangerous because turnovers have been their issue. And it's not even just turnovers in general. It's mind-boggling, like, bad turnovers. It's Marcus Smart driving to the hoop with no mission and throwing the ball over the top of his head. It's Jason Tatum telegraphing a pass to the corner of the court and throwing it even though there's a defender in the lane. Like, things like that, which are inexcusable have been the Boston turn- Celtics turnovers issues. So for me, it's more about like three-point shooting and whether a team's generating open looks within the flow of their offense. And if they are, they're just not going down. That's going to be, I think, a really key indicator for you of any team to go on them, whether it's second half or in-game from an inflated price game.
4: Uh, JVT I want to ask you about the total I actually took the over 210 I know I had brought it up before and it seems like it's happening in the sense of which team wins and then that correlates with how the total's going and not saying that's a certainty for this game but I do lean toward Boston winning and I think that gives it a better chance to being a higher scoring affair and originally the total kind of moved down now it's gotten a late uh, resurgence to the over up to 211 at least at Bet Rivers if there was one way you would lean with the total which spot would it be? Yeah, I think I'd lean over. I think you have the right
3: thought process, right? The two wins for Boston, they scored 120,
4: excuse me,
3: and 116 points. Both of those games went over the total. And the reason why the games go under the total when they lose is because defensively they've been very consistent. They've been holding these Warriors to really low point totals and efficiency numbers. Only 110 points for 100 possessions for the Warriors in the series. That's just that their offense suffered. So, logically, it follows that if they have a decent game offensively, that this game would go over a total of 210, which is where we opened up for game one. So I would agree with that sentiment. There's also signs. We talk about regression, right? And I mentioned regression in a small sample size in terms of the Celtics in game five. There's also regression for a larger sample size. The Celtics, they're generating about 17, 18 wide-open three-point attempts per game in this series, which that means defenders six feet or farther away. They're only shooting 31% on those wide-open looks. In game five itself, they went five of 19 on wide-open attempts. So they're getting really good looks. These shots just aren't really going down. So if you're back home, role players play better, familiar sight lines, your offense still generates the same open looks that they're generating, better offensive output, thus game, potentially going over the total and going back to the original point, Celtics winning the game and at least forcing game seven. So I would agree with that sentiment.
4: All right, JBT. looking into the prop market, I feel like a couple of players who is finding themselves on everybody's radar who wants to get involved with the props are on the side of Golden State, and that being Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You look at Steph Curry and the thought process is, hey, he's going to have a bounce back performance and go off like he has basically every other game. And then with Klay Thompson, you have, well, game six Klay, and I've seen him as low as 19 and a half, and now he's gotten bet up to 20 in the hook. Is, is, are these one of these spots where it's like, yeah, I actually could see that happening, or is it like, man, this just seems too obvious and you almost just want to fade him because that's the expectation? How do you kind of go about thinking around those two guys?
3: So this is tough only because those two are tied to one another in the sense that it depends on how Boston comes out and them. right? So, for example, in the first four games of this series, Boston, you know, it, it, the conversation was this drop coverage that they're running, right, on Steph Curry. But the goal behind running drop coverage against Steph Curry was making sure that the offense flowed through one point, and that was Steph Curry. And there's going to be some games where he abuses you, i.e. game four, where they go on the road win and he scores 40 points. But that also meant that the others around him weren't really generating a lot of the offense. You had Boston defenders staying at home, not allowing kickouts to open shooters. So the onus was on Curry to score, assist in everything in his power when they're running that drop coverage. But you saw in game five, that they diverted from that. They were doubling Steph a little bit more. They were blitzing him. He was getting two bodies in his face. So what does that mean? Well, that means more four-on-threes for the Warriors. That means guys like Klay Thompson, who had five three-pointers in that game. That means more opportunities for Draymond Green, who went over his points, rebounds, and assist props. So the way – I mean, it's hard, Danny, because we're doing this free-flop. But I would say this. There are markets who have live player props. If the Celtics come out and they're running that drop coverage again – I'd be looking to play over Steph and under Clay. If they're coming out and blitzing Curry again and trying to get the ball out of his hand, I'd be looking to play under Steph and over Clay because that's the way that that might play out for them, the way that they're defending those two.
4: Yeah, makes complete sense. Uh, anything on the side of Boston? If you think the Celtics win, you probably envision Tatum going off. His points prop is about 27 and a half. You get a guy like Jalen Brown, who's at 24 and the hook. Marcus Smart's 15 and a half. He's gone over that in four out of five games. Anybody that stood out to you on the side of Boston? Do you have a number for Derek White in front of you? Because to me, that's like, that's the linchpin, right? It's not just White himself. It's the
3: fact that the role players get involved and they score better. That, that, to me, is the key for Boston winning a game like this today. Like, Tatum's price is really too high. Tatum's price is, or should be a Brown's price, is a little high, although I'd be more comfortable playing that one over than anything else. But I think when you're talking about Boston winning games like this today and coming back home, role players play better, so Derek White would probably have a better scoring game. I think a game past, past. He's been at, like, eight and a half in terms of points. I don't know what he's got, he's got today, but that's an angle I would look at for Boston.
4: Yeah, so with Derek White, we got nine and a half points, two and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, one and a half threes, points, rebounds, and assists combined is at 14 in the hook.
3: Yeah, see, like, like over a points, rebounds, and assists for a Derek White was something I'd be looking at, because when you're talking about this team, when it's been at its best, I mean, that's when Derek White's contributing, and when he's been at home, he's been a little bit more impactful, he's been a little bit more aggressive, and his scoring has been up. We saw him at the end of that Miami series, we saw him at the beginning of this series, So if you think that the Celtics are going to win this game, playing him over his points, rebounds, and assists will be a way to go. It's a relatively low number for a guy who's got to perform pretty well if the Celtics are going to win. All
4: right, then really quick before we let you out of here, JVT, maybe about 30 seconds to go. Assuming Boston wins this game, where do you think the market will have the spread for game seven, and how would you maybe lean in terms of who you think wins the whole thing?
3: I mean, it's, it's probably going to be Warriors, I'd say, four and a half, Dan. And uh, look, i got the Celtics' future. I've picked them before the series. There's no reason to not think that if it goes to a game seven, I would come off of my stance that the Celtics are going to be finals champions.
4: Makes sense. All right, JVT. Well, hey, best of luck, buddy. Thank you for all your continuous work throughout the season. And uh, like we said, yeah, uh, for your sake, hoping the Celtics can make it competitive and we can talk one more time. Yep, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it you got it at me jvt where you could follow him on twitter remember to catch him co-hosting the edge here on vson his write-ups at vson.com and host of the hardwood handicappers we'll see if we can advance his finals for one more game but it should be a fun one nevertheless we're invested in the total that's what we'll be rooting for tonight we'll expound on that a little bit more so next segment but i want to before get into baseball tonight that game we were talking about with Josh, Washington, and Philadelphia. Let me tell you why that went on my radar tonight. That'll be next. Stick with us. It is Rush Out.
0: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Rush Hour on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: The U.S. Open is going on right now, and Bet Rivers is giving you extra reasons to tune in and play. If you log in each day of the U.S. Open, you'll receive a free profit boost to power up your tournament bet. Every round, a new boost is available for you to use before the round starts or while the players are on the course. Terms and conditions apply. See site for more details. Make your U.S. Open bets every day and get an extra boost while doing so at BetRivers. So go to the BetRivers app or visit BetRivers.com. Final segment here on Rush Hour. Thank you for being with us on your Thursday evening. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Remember, you can follow along on the tweets at Danny Burke Five. As for Veasan, at Veasan Live on Twitter. So we've talked plenty of basketball tonight, and we'll save more hockey talk for tomorrow as we head into the weekend. But let's take a brief moment to talk about the baseball slate tonight. And really, it was kind of slim pickings. Didn't like anything too much, and. I don't really love this game. I had a couple leans as I was teasing earlier in the show, but still I wanted to preview it just in case I could offer someone else out there a chance to see a good path to making a wager. But let's discuss this Washington Nationals Philadelphia Phillies game out in Washington. Philadelphia at Bat Rivers opened up minus 175. Some spots opened them up over $2. It's been incredibly volatile depending on where you're shopping. But as we look right now at Bet Rivers, the Phillies are minus 205. And then you get the Nationals at about plus 175. Total, as we were talking about with Josh, has ticked up now to 9.5. That's where it opened. Came down to 9. A little bit of steam back up to the over. So Washington just got swept in three games by Atlanta. They have now lost four in a row. The Phillies just took two out of three versus the Marlins most recently. Uh, Haven't checked the lineup as of late, but I know Juan Soto could be absent due to a knee injury for the Nationals, so monitor that status. As for the weather conditions, hot day, and the wind is blowing out to left center field. So that's why I kind of mentioned the total originally, and we'll kind of expound on that further, but let's look at the pitching matchups here because you got Zach Wheeler, who has been a stud up to this point for the Phillies, five and three, 2.84 ERA, 213 FIP and just a 4% home run to fly ball ratio. He's getting 10.7 strikeouts per nine innings, a 1.09 whip, and a 293 Sierra. All of those numbers very, very respectable and then some. On the road, he's got a 5.57 ERA that may kind of throw people aside from trusting him, but his FIP is 2.48. He had one bad outing at Miami. His first road start this year, gave up seven, but ever since then, he has been better on the road. Granted, he struggled more so on the road, but it's not as bad as the ERA is leading you to believe. What's interesting is his struggles against the Nationals. I don't know what it is, but in 26 career starts, he's got an 8-14 record, 4.59 4.59 ERA against Washington. And look, the Nationals are a completely different team this season, first time he's facing them, but still something to keep in the back of your mind potentially. Let's look at Washington. Patrick Corbin, the Southpaw, uh, not his best season to say the least, he's three and eight with a 6.65 ERA, a 4.56 FIP. We talked about home run to fly ball ratio with Zach Wheeler at 4%, uh, Corbin's at 13%, not too great. left on base percentage, you want to be above 72%. 362 BABIP for Corbin, you want to be 300 or sub that. 445 Sierra and a 173 whip. Brutal numbers for Corbin. Also, he's got a 5.36 FIP at home this season, but the good news maybe is that Corbin owns a 6-5 record with a 383 ERA and 15 career starts versus Philadelphia. I'm not really taking that into account as much with Corbin. I would more so look at Wheeler struggling than Corbin doing okay, because 386 ERA is not that great. Um, Six and five record, fine, whatever. But again, just wanted to toss that out there. But why Philly should have the, the advantage in this game is because of just the momentum they carry here and their bats. Versus lefties are crushing it, but even more so for, you know, again, maybe a strange reason is that on the road versus lefties, they got an 881 OPS 324 BABIP, 375 WOBA, and a 140 weighted runs created plus. Fantastic numbers for Philadelphia. Washington at home versus righties, they're struggling. Uh, 640 OPS, 263 BABIP, 284 WOBA, and a lowly 77 WRC plus. So you're probably thinking, well, advantage Phillies big time. And yeah, I would agree with you, and so does the market, hence them being minus 215. But what also may cause you to have some hesitancy is that this Phillies bullpen is kind of unstable. 424 ERA and a whip of 1.44. Now, Washington's bullpen is nothing to ride home about. They got a collective ERA in their bullpen of 4.59, but a whip that's a little bit better than the Phillies, 1.40. So, in that case, maybe you look at Philadelphia in the first five. This is what I was contemplating when I was going through the handicapping process of this game. But that was even a steeper number, over $2 for the first five money line. All right, well, then you could look at the run line, what we did the other day with the White Sox. But even then, you're still laying minus 140 at the best price in Illinois. Now, Wheeler is 4-1 and one in his last five starts in the first five. Uh, Corbin is 3-2, and two, but they've been very high scoring. So very volatile, and the chance for a better bat in the side of Philly could thrive there. But again, minus 140 for a guy who hasn't done that great against Washington and a game where we could see a lot of runs. I don't know if I want to lay that price. I strongly lean there, but ultimately didn't want to play it. So then I'm like, well, if I think there's going to be a lot of runs, hot day, wind's blowing out, pitchers are in a unique spot in this given situation, why not look at the total over nine? Now, Wheeler's road starts this year. He's 3-0-1, meaning three overs and one push. None of his road starts have stayed under when the total was at nine. But again, like I said, now it's up to nine and a half at Bat-Rivers. Corbin's last four outings have all hit the over of nine. So I was looking at it from that angle as well. But then I'm like, well, what if Wheeler does go out there and throw a gem, right? What if he just keeps pitching very strongly and you don't really have that much faith in this Nationals offense? That's probably a given. Then you got to rely on them to help boost you there. So then I take it in another route. What about the Phillies team total? Was that five and a half? Pretty steep to want to go over on that. So there were three angles I was looking at. Ultimately, I think the strongest thought process for me would be the over nine if you could still get a nine out there or the Phillies in the first five. I didn't end up playing it. Let me know if you do, at Burke 5 on Twitter. But this game, I think, is going to be a very enjoyable watch because I'm sure there will be a lot of runs and enjoyable for not having to sweat out a bet type of standpoint. Maybe there will be a good in-game betting opportunity if it starts out slow. Wheeler actually looks good, and you get an adjusted total that you could capitalize on betting the over. Or, heck, maybe the Phillies even start trailing. You don't trust Washington's bullpen. You trust Philadelphia's bats. Get them on a better number to win the game outright. So that one will probably be on the television alongside of game six of the NBA Finals. And while we're on the subject matter of game six of the NBA Finals, let me once again recap the bet that I am making for this hardwood potentially classic tonight. And uh, yeah, I like this total going over 210. I know that's ticked up a little bit up to 211. Like we always say, if you don't like that number, wait, see if you get a better spot. But I think this is gonna continue that correlation. I think Boston does have the advantage in this game. We're invested in Golden State before the series. We're invested with Steph Curry, Finals MVP. So naturally, yes, I'm rooting for the Warriors to win tonight. Objectively, don't think it's a good spot for them. I would give the upper hand to Boston. But instead of actively rooting for them, every game they have won, you've seen a higher total. We were talking about it just with JVT. The correlation has been there. Boston, when they won, 120-108, to 108, the score of the first game they won. Then 116-100 in the other spot. And all the three wins for Golden State have stayed under this total of what is now 211. But I do think Boston wins. I'm hoping Golden State wins and the total gets over. Of course, that would just be the best case scenario for how I and I'm sure some of you are invested in it. But I do think this is going to uh, going to be a higher scoring game. We're expecting a bounce back out of Steph Curry. We have that game six clay mentality. Not that he single-handedly is going to help get it over. But I'm not too concerned about what the Warriors are going to or not going to be able to do. I think more so you gotta be concerned of how Boston comes out of the gates. Can they get out to a hot start? Can they knock down those open shots, which is what JBT was talking about, missing those open looks. Can they get the role players to step up and get the big buckets when needed? You're assuming Tatum and Brown are gonna get their, you know, 25 plus for Tatum and 20 plus for Brown. But what can Derek White do? What can Marcus Smart do from beyond the arc? Is Al Horford going to get a high-scoring game? This feels like if Boston wins, You could get like a 28-12 and performance out of Al Horford. But they need the role production, and I think they have a good chance at getting it tonight. Thus, will lead to more points and hopefully cash in our bet of over 210. So, yeah, that's all I got tonight in terms of my official Danny's dime and the one bet in basketball I'm hoping it's a close one. I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to see that based on what they're betting, but we haven't really gotten that great of a game up to this point. I mean, what was it, game four was pretty solid, I guess. But uh, yeah, we're hoping for a solid one. But that's what I got tonight. Like I said, tomorrow, we'll get back into the mix for hockey because we got to tell you about these updated series prices and just our thoughts of what occurred for game one of the Stanley Cup finals. But until then, Enjoy the game tonight. Best of luck with all your wagers. We'll round out another edition of Rush Hour tomorrow and hopefully get you plenty more action. Until then, take care, ladies and gentlemen. At Bed
0: 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.